All right. Good morning. My name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a min teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is August the 19th. Hope you're doing well. Um, today we're going to pick up our study in Acts chapter number 16. Took us quite a while to get through 15, didn't it? Of course, chapter 15 is pretty a very pivotal book in the uh, our chapter in the book. So um, we pick up in chapter number 16, and last time we were together, we looked at uh, verses 1 and 2. So let's get our scriptures up here real quick. All right, let me get my notes ready. Um, chapter 16, verse number 1. Of course, we know here uh, Paul has headed out with Silas because of a disagreement between him and Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas was determined to take John Mark with him, and um, Paul was not. So it led to what the Bible says, a sharp contention between the two. And Paul headed out on his second missionary journey with Silas instead of Barnabas. And then we come down to chapter 16, verse number 1. And this begins what is known as Paul's second missionary uh, journey. And we're going to see that unlike Paul's first missionary journey where they went and into the churches of Pamphylia and Phrygia and places like that. Now they're going to be pushed toward Europe, and we're going to see how the Holy Spirit directs that. Uh, chapter 16, verse number 1, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple there was named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Now, Paul and Silas now come to Derby. Derby was the last place that Paul had visited on his first missionary journey. And, of course, Acts chapter number 14, verse number 20 speaks to this when it says, Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up, came into the city, and the next day departed with Barnabas to Derby. So that's after he was stoned in Lystra. And when they had preached the gospel in that city, referring to Derby, and had taught many, they came back to Lystra, to Iconium, and returned back home to Antioch. So Derby was the last place that he had visited uh, on his first missionary journey. So he, on his second, he goes back to Derby, and uh, and he comes upon Timothy. As I stated earlier. Um, that may have been when Timothy came under Paul's teaching uh, on that first missionary journey. Uh, because in 1 Timothy 1-2, it says, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. So, Timothy, I mean, we can't, I mean, it's trying to look into the text, but it seems like uh, Paul had made a convert out of Timothy on his first missionary journey. And, of course, um, we know the story of Timothy here in verse number 3. Him would Paul go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. Now, Timothy's mother was a Jew, but his father was a Greek or a Gentile. Um, it must be noted that if Timothy had been a Gentile, 
the whole circumcision thing wouldn't have been a big deal because the whole outcome of the Council of Jerusalem was that the Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. They didn't have to fall under the law of Moses in any other regard. They were just to bear a few burdens, a few necessities, um, including, you know, not eating food sacrificed to idols and blood and strangled and staying away from fornication just so they wouldn't become a stumbling stone to the Jewish believers. So had Timothy been a Gentile, this wouldn't have been a big deal. Paul wouldn't have uh, encouraged Timothy to become circumcised. But his mother was a Jew, uh, and he was regarded. Um, see, he was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So everybody knew that his mother was a Jew, therefore there was an expectation that he had been, he had been circumcised. Um, and that's why Paul um, requested it. And again, this was another indicator that Paul did desire to have a ministry to the Jew. Um, because had he just completely forsaken the Jew, um, he certainly would not have made or encouraged Timothy to be circumcised because Timothy certainly wasn't going to be a, a, an offense or a, a stumbling uh, block to the Gentiles. So it obviously speaks to the fact that Paul did indeed still have a ministry among the Jew, and he did. As we are in this transition period, Paul is still um, ministering to the Jew. He would continue to do so, uh, as I mentioned at the conclusion of chapter number 15, especially when you get into, you know, we say, you know, those of us who embrace the mid-Acts position that, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first several chapters of Acts is um, to the Jew. Um, the Hebrew epistles, Hebrews through Revelation, is to the Jew. But the Pauline epistles, Romans through Philemon, is for the body of Christ. Now, you can't say it's for the Gentile, because Jews and Gentiles make up the body of Christ. So that means that Paul is preaching to Jews and Gentiles. The, the, the problem sometimes is as you're reading the books, Romans through Philemon, you have to pay particular attention, and I am finding this to be the most difficult part uh, in regards to who he is speaking to, because we know who the speaker is, but sometimes determining the audience is a little more difficult. And when Paul is addressing the Jew specifically, you need to ascertain by the pronouns and by the context who he is addressing because he's going to speak to them in Jewish terms. Um, and we need to be careful of that. Uh, as we're, we're Especially, I found, in the books of Ephesians and 1st, 2nd Corinthians, uh, they tend to go back and forth. And the book of Romans, you just need to be careful who he's talking to there because if you don't, you will you will conclude that Paul is speaking in contradictory terms. He's not. It's just there's two audiences in mind. 
Paul is still coming into contact with kingdom believers. And these kingdom believers, we're going to get introduced to Lydia here in a minute. I mean, she's down by the riverside praying. Uh, she appears to be Jewish um, because she's down by the riverside praying, which may or may not make her a kingdom believer. Um, but again, you just got to look at the context and, and, and the audience because she obviously believes what Paul was preaching. So during this time period in history, this very unique time period in history that would that will never be repeated again, um, you have kingdom believers mingled with grace believers. Now, I personally do not believe that they cross from one to the other. Um, I think the only person that did that is Paul. And of course, there's some that would argue that Paul, you know, where does Paul fall? Does Paul fall in the future? Is Paul part of the Jewish community or is he part of the body of Christ? You know, I've, I'm not prepared to answer that. Um, but <clears throat> it does seem that there, <clears throat> whatever economy or whatever dispensation you're saved under, excuse me, that's the dispensation you stay in futuristically is what I'm trying to say. Um, because you can't be a part of this and a part of that future. Uh, the future for Jew is physical, it's earthly. The future for the body of Christ is heavenly, it's spiritual. So their, their, their salvation or their conversion in whatever dispensation, I mean, do they cross back and forth? I, I don't think so. I think when a Jew was saved under the, under the gospel of the kingdom, then they partake of the kingdom promises, which are earthly uh, and which are physical. So just bear in mind, this time period is very important. And that's why the, the book of Acts is called a book of transition. And if it were, were easy, <laughs> uh, there wouldn't be so much disagreement in this regard. Even among mid-Acts people, there's disagreements as to what exactly is happening. Well, we may not be able to point our finger verse by verse of what is happening and when, but we can categorically say a transition is taking place. A transition is taking place. There's a transition taking place from Jerusalem to Antioch, from you know the Jerusalem Kingdom Church to the Antioch, Antioch um, Grace Church. And even that church was filled with Jews and Gentiles. It was not uniquely a Gentile church. There's a transition taking place from Peter to Paul. Peter's last recorded words in the book of Acts was at the Council of Jerusalem in the previous chapter. And now it's all going to be about Paul going forward. Um, there's a transition from the gospel of the kingdom as the kingdom is being postponed to the gospel of grace. Now, while the twelve preached only the gospel of the kingdom, Peter did not preach the gospel of grace. So when you're reading First and Second Peter, don't stick the gospel of grace in there. When you're reading James, don't stick the gospel of grace in there. That's how we end up with the contradictions 
And that's how we end up with things that do not make sense. You need to remember who the speaker is and who the audience is, who they're speaking to. Paul is the one that um, is the one that um, uniquely preached both the kingdom gospel when he was saved on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number nine. It was under the kingdom gospel. He had not yet received the revelation of the mystery. So he was preaching a kingdom gospel to the Jews and the Jews alone. But as he received the revelation of the mystery, that the kingdom would indeed be postponed, and the gospel of grace, which is just believing, not repentance and baptism, he was preaching both, unlike the the twelve who only preached the one. Now, some will say, no, well, but, but Peter preached to Cornelius. Yeah, Peter, Peter preached a kingdom gospel to Cornelius. So that would mean that Cornelius was not a grace believer. He was a kingdom believer, which means he was proselytized into the Jewish faith, just like every other Gentile prior to the revelation of the mystery to the Apostle Paul and the birth of uh, the body of Christ. So, again, we have to, as we're working, and if it was easy, uh, <laughs> it's not. It's just you've got to determine the audience. We just know the final outcome. We know what happened eventually. Uh, that's why even among mid-Acts, you know, they'll say, well, when was, when was the church born? Well, some will say it's Acts 9. Now, mid-Acts would never say Acts 2. I mean, that thwarts the whole reason they're called mid-Acts. Mid-Acts is around chapter 13. Uh, there's 26 chapters in Acts. So a mid-Acts guy would say the church, you know, Paul's conversion into the body of Christ being the first one, according to 1 Timothy, happened around chapter number 13. Well, some will go back as far as chapter 9. Some will say 13. Some will go forward into all the way into the end of the book of Acts. We just know a transition is taking place somewhere in the middle of Acts. And I am not well-studied enough to dogmatically say this or that, but I believe that it happened somewhere between the time that he visited Jerusalem the first time in chapter 13 to visit with Peter to the Council of Jerusalem. So somewhere in there, because we do know that he eventually began to preach the gospel of grace. So Peter, so Paul, is what I'm trying to say, preached both. So this is a book of transition. And if it was that easy, you know, everybody would be doing it. Uh, it's just a matter of us to study the word of God and determine where exactly it happened. So here we see Timothy. Timothy is the, 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 the son of a Jew uh, and of a Gentile. So therefore, Timothy needed to be circumcised because Paul was still wanting to go to the Jew, and he did not want Timothy to be a stumbling stone to the Jews once they realized that his mother was indeed a Jew. Um, so this means that Paul did not completely forsake the synagogues, as we're going to see here in just a minute. He still continued to go to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, as he talks about um, in um, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. 
So what I see in that verse is not only was the kingdom gospel offered first to the Jew, but even the grace gospel was offered first to the Jew. And then, of course, the grace gospel was offered to the Gentile. The kingdom gospel was never offered to the Gentile, even though the average church today offers it every Sunday in a confusing mixture of repent and be baptized and believe by faith. Um, so, um, look in verse number four. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and the elders which were at Jerusalem, and so the churches were established in faith and increased in number daily. Here we see, as Paul and Silas begin to travel through these cities, they deliver the, degree, the decrees for to keep which were ordained of the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. In other words, as they're traveling, they are talking about the outcome of the Jerusalem council in regards to that the, Jew, the Gentiles do not need to be circumcised, nor do they need to fall under the law of Moses. In other words, they do not need to be proselytized into Judaism. So they're just sharing that as they're going along. Uh, I got a note here. We see here that, that as they traveled, they shared the decision of the Jerusalem Council with the assemblies, which were still a mix of kingdom and grace believers. And we do see that. In this very unique time in history, we see a mixture of kingdom and grace believers. So, Today, is there a mixture of kingdom and grace believers? No. The answer is no. <laughs> the kingdom is taken off the table. Uh, you're not a kingdom believer today. And as we've already established, you're not part of the kingdom. You're not in the kingdom. You're not making the kingdom. You're not working the kingdom. You're not even waiting for the kingdom. Okay, You're waiting for the rapture of the church, and our promises are heavenly and spiritual, not earthly and um and physical. So again, remember, this is a unique period in history that passed with the death of the twelve. I believe after the death of the original twelve apostles, not counting Judas, but Matthias, the gospel of the kingdom was no longer proclaimed. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed again during Daniel's 70th week. The church will be raptured out. The church, we are not looking for the second coming. We are looking for the rapture. The second coming is not a promise for the church. This, the rapture is the promise of the church. That is the blessed hope, that the Lord will come and take us out, and then he will turn his focus again, and the gospel of the kingdom will once again be preached, and then the end will come, Matthew, okay, chapter 24. Um, so they are looking for the second coming, and then the kingdom will come in at that point. So, all right, well, I've used my time here. I see some guys there. Zeke, God bless you, brother. It's good to see you, man. I, I'm praying for you and um, uh, you and your family. I uh, love you, buddy. And uh, Scott, God bless you too, man. Glad to have you guys with me this morning as we're studying through the book of Acts. 
we'll continue to do so, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, every morning, 6.30, if the Lord permits, and uh, hope that you have a great day. God bless you guys.